Hello, everybody. You are listening to I Don't Get It, your pop culture get-off-my-lawn cast, featuring the hopefully open-minded musings of two mid-40s curmudgeons boldly staring down the prospect of their ever-impending entertainment irrelevance. Hello. Hi. I am your co-host. My name is Noah Tarno. I am the founder and senior quiz master of The Big Quiz Thing, the trivia game show spectacular. And with me, as always, my co-host, my compatriot, my compadre. My name is Bill Scurry. I am the founder and proprietor of something called American Caesar Enterprises, which this week happens to be an alcoholic daytime fishing charter out of Key West. Nice. Thank I you. bet you big business for you guys right now, huh? Not bad. We're doing pretty good. Yeah, out, out of doors, <laughs> playing Bachman Turner Overdrive off of a, uh, a lot of you know off Come of on. a boombox and a cooler filled with uh, cheap beer in the can, of course. Yeah, it's great. I uh, I loved Bachman Turner Overdrive when I was in high school because I, as as friends know, I spent three of my high school years living in Canada. Canadian rock and roll radio is suffused with Canadian artists. There's actually a law that Canadian radio needs to play a certain minimum percentage of Canadian artists. It, it was called it was called the gl- the Glass Tiger. Statutes of '86. Uh, you would hear Glass Tiger on the radio, and BTO, uh, I believe, are from Winnipeg. They kind yeah. of evolved out of the Guess Who, which is an awesome band. And I kind of got into BTO and was like stunned when I discovered that BTO wasn't cool later on. People thought they were goofy. <laughs> but I don't know. I I stand by. Uh, I was listening to Let It Ride the other day. That's a good song. I think I, BTO gets I, it. It's, I know I've told it's you a this. Bad rap. I've told you this off, Mike. I hate BTO. BTO really? is, is I don't remember the, the worst rock and roll band in oh, the history of rock and roll bands. The wor- Why? What makes them so bad? Two songs. I think Baby Just Ain't Seen Nothing Yet. That's a great song. Terrible song. It's an awful song. That and Taking Care of Business are the worst. Taking Care of Business is annoying. I will give you taking. I will give you that Taking Care of Business is annoying. But Let It Ride is a great fucking song. And Randy Bachman had a perfect voice for those songs, and he was a killer guitar player. They were come on, Fishing Charter. You guys don't listen to BTO in Florida. It's all the classic rock. They play all that shit. Believe me. No, but they play worse shit than that. What do they play that's worse? I mean, Doobie Brothers? Doobie probably Brothers probably a lot of Bob Seger, I'm thinking. I will say this. I've recently discovered early Bob Seger, and it's mm-hmm. not bad. Night Moves is a beautiful no, song. It's a great song. Uh, we Got Tonight, I like that as a ballad. It's actually pretty goopy. It's a very sad ballad. It's extremely goopy. But I think we've all been poisoned by old-time rock and roll, which yeah. like sounds like the narrative of old-time rock and roll is one of the most punchable characters in the history of rock and roll. This podcast is not about Bachman, Turner, or any other overdrive. It's no, no, it's, it's not. It's not. We like to look at something that's hip, that's cool, that's young, that's new, and try to discover it and make sense of it. So today we're looking at a TV show. And by the way, I remember several years ago asking a trivia question where I referred to Orange is the New Black as a TV show. And some would argue it's not a TV show because it's not on TV. Uh, that is not true by all the experts. Netflix only shows, things like that, count as TV shows. And we've, so, we've consulted that. We've paid a lot we, of money we, podcast the the, the right. discretionary budget has gone to paying these people over years consultants. To, yeah yes. consultants precisely media consultants that's a big media consultants, yeah. um tastemakers trend spotters people like that anyway we are looking at not uh orange is the new black we're looking at cobra kai cobra kai is a show that premiered on youtube red which is now called youtube premium i guess because youtube red sounded like red tube which is a pornographic that's <laughs> yeah, true it does you're right i remember yeah. when they first announced youtube red people going oh it sounds like red tube and at the time i hadn't heard of red tube i'm like oh yeah sure it does it premiered on youtube red now youtube premium in 2019 they got two seasons out of it there 
where it was a hit by whatever YouTube Red standards were. And then earlier this year, uh, it was bought out, whatever you want to say, by Netflix. And the first two seasons all were dumped on Netflix in June. It was the most watched show on Netflix. And they just announced this past week, they released a teaser trailer for season three of the show, which will premiere January 8th. And they announced it's been renewed for season four. But as with all things entertainment these days, I'll believe it when I see it, because who knows when they'll be able to film season four. And Netflix also announced recently this week they have revoked the renewing of Glow for a third season. So Cobra Kai is a sequel to the Karate Kid film series. Karate Kid was four movies from 1984 to 1994 inclusive. If you are anything close to our age, you remember at least the first Karate Kid, the story of a skinny New Jersey boy who moves to uh, Reseda, the suburbs of LA, and he's bullied by the rich kids. And with the help of a kindly Asian stereotype handyman, he learns karate and he fights back. And they squeezed out three more movies after that. And uh, at least the first movie is a major touchstone in our generation. Cobra Kai is the sequel. 34 years later, it focuses more on Johnny, the villain in Karate Kid, uh, the rival of Daniel, the Karate Kid, and now he is in his 50s, and he reopens the Cobra Kai Dojo, which was the bad guy's dojo in the original series. And William Zabko, who played Johnny in the original series, is the star of this show. Ralph Macchio, who played Daniel in the original series, is a major character in this show. They bring back several other characters from the original series. Of course, Pat Morita, who played Mr. Miyagi, has passed away, and in the movie's reality Mr. Miyagi has passed away and they also take the time to introduce a whole new generation of characters um Daniel's daughter Johnny's son through a series of wildly improbable coincidences all these people are tied together and the rivalry between Daniel and Johnny is rekindled lo these many decades later a lot of coincidences and of course the fact that an entire the entire valley of LA seems to circle center on a teen karate tournament that happens more than three decades ago <laughs> so anyway the show as i said is a hit on netflix bill i know you watched at least a handful of episodes of cobra kai what did you think oh and by the way sorry give credit where it's due it was created by uh hayden schlossberg john Hurwitz, and josh Heald. and the former two of those guys are best known for having written the harold and kumar movies so i'd like to give credit there bill what did you think yeah i think that's an important thing to note because yes, um, uh, if you like those movies I think that doesn't have, doesn't have the same sensibility of it but there's a gentleness to the Harold and Kumar movies which comes through this um, yeah, you know your enthusiasm when you you know you first started talking about this as a viewer without even pitching it as a show topic came out a couple of weeks ago and you you know this had been out for a while I'd heard of it when it came out I think the first two seasons dropped in 2018 and 2019 on YouTube right. uh, Premium you had this thing that was pretty buzzy and, and a lot of people everyone who watched it responded to it there was a lot of positive media you know talk Talk, a lot of chatter on the hot stove about it at the time. The thing is, it was it was um, it was a little bungled because it was behind this paywall of YouTube Red, which nobody had access to. So the few right. people who went they out gave on away it, the first two episodes. I watched the first two episodes, and I'm like, screw it, I'm not going to pay for another thing. And yeah, and so about it for but the people years. who stuck with it always had something positive to say. But it was it was desolate. It was desolate. It was hidden on this uh, little rocky outcropping, this spit of land somewhere. So people didn't get back into it. It was a I don't know. I'll invent a word. It was a sensation. Sensation lit. A smaller sensation <laughs> okay. when it came out. Yeah, I, I watched 
first three episodes and the finale. I guess seasons uh, episodes one, two, and three, and then ten of season one. And I mean, I'll preface this by saying that the Karate Kid as a brand held no magic or appeal to me as a kid. Aww, I you have it, no soul. Then. It took me years to watch it. Uh, the idea of people. I'll get honest with you here. The thing about like martial arts and combat sports. The whole barefoot thing really bothers me. I can't watch people <laughs> like the the idea of somebody's. Oh foot, man, you are demented. You somebody's are demented. foot, somebody's barefoot making contact with me, at least the wall right. of face or something. It's like I can't deal with that. I can't. Even so watch when it. you watch pro wrestling, you can't watch like Samoans and you know because no. all the, the Samoans and the savage characters always are barefoot. No, it's just something incredibly gross and just inappropriate about it. And so you and my nephews would get along. They have the same issue. This back in '84 passed me by. I mean, I watched the first two movies i actually saw them but ralph macchio was never the avatar or the sort of proxy for a power figure growing up karate never meant anything to me any kind of contact combat sports never meant anything to me i kind of lumped it all together like boxing where it's i just don't want to see people hurting each other the thing is this isn't like the matrix where i can watch people hit each other because it's clearly a fantasy you know the karate kid was still in that world of where the karate was supposed to injure you i mean you were supposed to get hurt and go down and it wasn't a fantasy it was you know something that had real violence and danger to it so that that being said uh, this show was very charming the show is very well done and the thing is i had a, a preconceived notion going into it that was never exactly dispelled because i thought that uh you know the elevator pitch of the show just makes it seem like it's turn of the 21st century type nostalgia here's something you liked back in the 80s yeah. we're going to give it back yeah. to you hey and- remember karate kid well that's it yeah, right, that's, right. That's, that's kind that's of That's what people thought. I mean, in fact, it was just, I think it was six years ago or seven years ago, they remade The Karate Kid with Jaden... 2010. Yeah. 2010. Jaden Smith. Jaden Smith and Jackie Chan. And of course, the irony there is it's set in China and yeah. karate's from Japan. Right. Fucking... So, there you go. So, there's, there's so, right, so disrespectful. You know, they keep trying to give us this shit that we... Obviously, someone's asking for it, but I'm not asking for it. And I get I get offended. I get insulted every time you don't give me a new IP. Every time you're just pulling something out of the, you know, out of the, the, the giant slag heap of stuff. It's like, here's Thundercats, guys, except, you know, it's, it's Jack oh, Nicholson. Are they remaking Thundercats? No, no, they're not. Well, actually, they did oh, as a cartoon. Geez. You know, like they, they did plunder it. They're not yeah, making it to okay. a movie. That's okay. Well, all right, but what I'm saying is like I don't the need Thundercats more... live action movie. Yeah, no. I don't need Karate Kid in my life. So watching this and seeing how it goes through a lot of work, a lot of labor in the first episode to set the tone and to do you know all the things that you were just talking about in terms of adding some darkness to the show, uh, putting it in the valley, putting it in twenty. 20- well, 2018, but, you know, our our era, our time, um, you know, it exists. The characters exist in the world we live in, even though it's like it's almost like they watch their own Karate Kid movie and almost live in the shadow of the film itself. Uh, Johnny has this nostalgia for what happened. Daniel LaRusso has the knowledge for the, the nostalgia of, of whatever it has happened at the Kung Fu tournament. They karate. love karate. Karate. You're making the Sorry. same mistake. I am. You're right. You put it in my head. Now it's stuck there. So, um, it's, don't worry. Hey, half the time I type karate in my notes, I end mm-hmm. up absentmindedly type karaoke. So. That's a different martial art, exactly. Well, but kara means empty. Empty hand is karate. Empty orchestra is karaoke. So there is a connection. It's well done. I mean, the show is charming in that it mixes pretty much the two principles from the show. And Johnny Lawrence is supposed to be hard drinking, a little broken. 
the product of a lot more of, than a little broken, a lot broken. Yeah, right. I mean, he's got some shattered relationships. He's kind of he's kind of penniless. Things haven't really worked out for him because you know they're trying to tell you that when you go down that sort of this is what's supposed to have happened to every single '80s shithead teenager tough guy is they're supposed to pay the price by being a fuck up for the rest of their lives. And like the Ralph Macchio character, Daniel is supposed to have prospered, you know, because he lived cleanly and he he's got a whole series of car dealerships in, in the valley and yeah. Tarzana, wherever the hell they were. And, uh, you know, I mean, but the show plays games with that. The show goes through the trouble of making Johnny Lawrence uh, certainly a guy who's plagued with demons, but he seems to, you know, have this moral scale. He understands what's right or wrong, and he understands the mistakes that he's made, even if he can't quite get out of them over and over again. The best thing I think this show did is that it made maybe the show less about those two adults and more about the supporting cast. And this is the Netflix part. Even though this did not come out of Netflix, it is almost tailor-made for Netflix because it's about a kind of... um, polyglot Netflix handsome cast of young people aged 18 yeah. to 24 playing high school students. We saw this with uh, what other show do we watch? Uh, 13 Reasons Why had one of those yeah. handsome polyglot ethnic casts of, you know, a high school that never existed and doesn't exist now. Certainly things are more se- seg- segregated than than these sort of shows would give you the reason to believe. I don't know about that. I think a lot of big high schools are pretty polyglot these days. My nephew's high school is very multiracial. Sure, maybe in California, but not in New York, mm-hmm. you know. Those things still don't happen in other parts of the country. But the thing is that these kids, they wind up making them compelling. And and, and they kind of push their pieces forward and say, it's, what's his name? Miguel, it's his story. And it's yes. it's Robbie and it's his story. And and for a lot of the series, these the, the adults who the whole read the hook of watching this show wind up going to, you know, they wind up becoming supporting cast members. They wind up becoming uh, mentors. And you wind up watching these pretty compelling younger actors take over. And they, since they buy into the story and they have good writing and good direction, it creates a new thing out of it. So, I mean, if this had just been like karate show with these actors, I still think it would be good. You don't really need the background of all this other shit. You could just... Yeah, but that's your hook, man. I, I never would have watched it if it had just been karate show. But I mean, I don't, I don't want nostalgia. I can't stand nostalgia. And I... Yeah, if well, something, you have no soul. We've established. If something uh, is, is... If something it kind of exists or emerges or erupts simply because it has nostalgia as the basis, the hook. Granted, this is one of those rare things that is better than nostalgia because they made it better it's better than it has any right to be uh in a, in a way like a lot of the netflix type shows do they're they're actually really good almost all around some of them there's it's hard to find a bad one such as the way of you know the, the diminishment of the feature film and episodic tv picking up the slack for real storytelling as opposed to spectacles spectacles where you go to the movie theaters or what used to be movie theaters to see i didn't love this i'm not going to watch more of it but i have to agree in terms of how, how much quality there is in it and how how enjoyable it was to watch these actors actors i've never seen before especially this kid uh, what's his name sholo Maraduena. Sholo Marjuana, who he's, plays Miguel. He's Miguel fantastic. Is he's fantastic. Johnny's, man. yeah, Johnny's protege, yeah. Latino kid getting bullied. Who, yeah, he takes him under. His I mean, way. but he he really does it. I mean, he really acts. Are you talking about? Yeah, that he's is, he's that a good he's acting. a good actor. Yeah, it's yeah. Fantastic. Most of the actors on this are good. The 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 boy who plays Robbie Not fucking sucks. Not he's he is abominable i have to assume but he, in general the performances are good it looks like he's doing a lot of his own actually it looks like these actors in general uh, there's a minimum uh, uh, only a minimum of stunt people looks like they're kind of doing their own choreo for a lot of it and i think that the kid tanner buchanan who plays robbie again bad actor but that guy is hell on wheels when he's actually kicking it oh, looks maybe like, that's why they hired it looks him like he's, he's doing the work yeah, he's not a very yeah. good actor but yeah, it's like that right. guy could he oh, i buy him as a karate champ i like the show a lot 
I've watched every episode. I'm excited for the next season. It's soapy fun, you know? This is why people like soap operas. They like the plots. And and you got it something like this. Yeah, the nostalgia is the hook. It's the reason I watched. I'm excited. Like, I, 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 saw, I didn't see the fourth Karate Kid movie, the one without Ralph Macchio. But I saw the first three. The third one sucks, but it's fun. And by the way, you want to laugh. It was on YouTube at least recently. Watch Siskel and Ebert's review of Karate Kid 3. It's extremely amusing. Gene Siskel approaches that movie with way more seriousness than it demanded. You know, I'm one of these people like, which new char- which old character are they going to bring back? The last shot of the last episode of season two, they tease one character we haven't seen yet coming back. Who knows if they will? Like the, the villain in Karate Kid 3, apparently the actor has expressed interest in coming back. He was actually pretty cool and like we're all hoping he comes back you know like so i'm into the nostalgia factor but right the show does a good job of balancing nostalgia with all these new characters these new situations these new relationships it's a very smart move that the new star wars movies made as well they're not just relying on hey remember princess leia and luke skywalker don't you love them that like they make the effort of creating a new generation that's a really good uh, i was just thinking For, yeah the daisy, right. daisy ridley thing that's a really good right. uh, parallel and i watch those star wars movies and i'm like yeah i don't really connect with finn and ray and poe and all of them but they're not there for me freaking han solo and luke skywalker were there for me because i was two when star wars came out those characters are for the next generation Yeah, but the actors and, were great though yeah they're fine i mean i enjoy all those movies i don't love them the way I love the originals, but I enjoy them. Anyway, good karate action in these movies, as we said, mostly well acted. What I really like, and I love the original Karate Kid, love it. I think it's a great movie. It really connected with me as a kid in terms of, um, you know, this idea that sometimes you got to fight back. You got to stand up to bullies. And man, Pat Morita was great. Great. Such, Mr. Miyagi, I mean, culturally a little, eh from a modern perspective because he relies on some stupid stereotypes but he makes that shit work he was awesome a big improvement this show does in the early movies the the first movie is that it leans a lot more into gray areas william zabko who plays johnny is great johnny is a fascinating character you know the 21st century we've grown used to this the anti-hero idea i mean the extreme end you got your tony sopranos and your walter whites and then less morally compromised you have people like don draper you know these guys who they're quote-unquote the hero, but you go back and forth between do they have redeeming characteristics, do they don't, are they monsters, are they just somewhat compromised, whatever. Like, what do we think of these people? And Johnny is like a minor entry in that list. He's kind of a sleaze, but he's not evil. You know, he starts, he restarts his Cobra Kai dojo to bring back his salad days, and instead of attracting all the cool bully kids like the original dojo did in the original movie, he attracts the nerds and the dorks and the geeks. But is he corrupting them? You know, how does he feel about that? He's really a fascinating character. And the movie really, the show really leans into the gray areas. Things aren't as black and white as in the original series. And I think it is really a testament to the strength and the quality of the show that the two things I found most compelling about the original Karate Kid you know, black and white, there's a time where the good guys got to stand up and punch the bad guys in the nose, and Mr. Miyagi. We are without either of those things, and yet I still enjoy this immensely. And this is for the same audience. That's the amazing thing. That's the Well, people... it, it is. It the, is, and the... it isn't. We are we are the same audience, quote-unquote, but we're we're 35 years older now. Man. But we're I'm saying the, the, the kid who was your age watching Karate Kid, this is for that same age today. This is, this is the inflationary version of that. Right. The, the kind of storytelling has increased... Uh, it's complexity and the level of depth. And like I said, all that gray. Yeah. It's a testament to the show. It's a testament to TV. I mean, Miguel, who starts out as this nerdy, sympathetic, you know, kind of dork. Asthmatic little thin weenie. Right. Yeah. And and the basic cliffhanger at the end of season one is 
Has he been corrupted? I love Is he that. a bad yeah. kid now? I don't want to say it's on the level of a, a Mad Men or Sopranos, but it gets some of that. It's very entertaining and it's reasonably well done. And it, I like nostalgia and it pushes those buttons for me. And I want to see Ali come back and I want to see, you know, Terry Silver come back. I, I like that nostalgia stuff. And, you know, I'm, I'm excited for season three, man. What can I tell you? And I... <laughs> I hope the world survives to give us a season four. What the hell are you doing? You come to my house? Are you insane? I was trying to make things right. Let the past be the past. You still can't leave well enough alone, man. What are you even talking about? You got Cobra Kai reinstated. I'm talking about my car. What about your car? Yeah, nice try. You know, those goons of yours could have burned down my whole neighborhood. Goons? What goons? Don't try to play dumb. Son of a bitch gave you up right away. Noah Turbo, can you please tell me why this is popular? I'm just going to restate what I said before. I mean, the reasons I like it, I think, are reasons a lot of people might like it is the balance of the nostalgia. I mean, we're notwithstanding your wrong opinions. We are a culture of nostalgia. Yes, the show probably would have gotten greenlighted if it had been, you know, the karate show. It's not like Ralph Macchio and William Zabka, you know, pull the strings of Hollywood these days. So I think it got greenlighted based on its nostalgia factor. Well, they are listed right? as producers. I mean, not that that, yeah, well, they're not, they're not okay. in charge of a studio, but they do have a creative vision in this thing. If they had come up with an independent project that didn't cash in on the nostalgia factor, we wouldn't be talking about it now. Yeah. And we probably would never have watched it. They do that balance nice. They, they give the nostalgia fan service and they give something new, not only to the younger generation, but also, you know, Despite the fact that Tanner Buchanan is the worst actor known to mankind, and there's a lot of implausibilities in these plots, you know, it's soapy fun, as I say. Mm -hmm. So it strikes that balance very well. I really find it fascinating that I feel like the greatest strengths of the first Karate Kid movie are in some ways missing here. I also find something really interesting. One of the things I loved about the first Karate Kid movie is um, Daniel's girlfriend in the original movie, of course, was played by Elizabeth Shue, who went on to somewhat greater fame from the same town as me in New Jersey. She has not come back in the show, but apparently she has publicly stated she might be interested. So we might see Allie return. She has been referenced. And one of the things I loved about her in the original movie, she she looks like a real girl. She looks, she's both beautiful and hot, but she looks girl next door type. I always really appreciated that. And the girls on this show, I mean, I guess the girl who plays Daniel's daughter is kind of plain looking while still being somewhat pretty. But I feel like it trades too much on impossibly beautiful girls. Also, man, you know, Ralph Macchio is like 55 and the woman 58. plays his wife is he's like- 58, he's 58. Fi- I mean, he's still got a baby face. So he's 58. He could pass for 45 easy. I mean, I guess the character's supposed to be like no 50. you're right you're true yeah the woman courtney something who plays his wife i looked it up is like 37 that's and tip, typical tv casting sure right she's kind of impossibly beautiful for the mama two teenagers yeah. but i guess you never know it seems to lean a little too much into the perfect beautiful kid thing so again all the things that i loved about the original karate kid are missing here somehow they make it work well i i, th- I have to agree with you the idea of doing something correct uh, if that's if that's a possi- how rare it is now, huh? right? But also Confidence. the what idea of like what is correct and who's the who's the arbiter of what's correct, you know, there there's that's that's why I interjected before and said whatever the original Karate Kid did, the level of storytelling that audiences were capable of, of sucking up in 1984. Again, it, it bears saying that. Karate Kid had the same director as Rocky, John Avildsen. And it was trying to recontextualize 76 Rocky for an 80s audience with uh, in California with younger children. Ralph Macchio was supposed to be a uh, proxy. And, and there are all the reasons why the 1984 version worked. It was rah-rah America type bullshit for the early 80s. And also it was a teen, a teen drama, teen soap the same way. 
that you're, you're describing. For the inflated version on the Netflix, and again, this was not born on Netflix, I'll just preface that, this was born on something called YouTube, and but it's not the same sensibility. This is a family-friendly drama comedy. You know, there there are uh, good elements Dramedy, of each. as one might even say. Yeah, one might even say, but it, it manages to not go too, too far in one direction without offsetting it with the other, which is always great. So for all the darkness you see um, William Zadka engaging in, in terms of like driving around with a bottle of whiskey, literally driving his, his Trans Am while taking from a bottle of whiskey, you know, which you say that's really antisocial, dangerous behavior that you, you, you used to identifying with bad men in movies who are at the edge, something comedic or some quip would happen on the other side to kind of take away from the worst part of it. And again, before it gets too comedic on the other side, something else dark happens to pull it back. So, I mean, that's what a modern TV show strikes is that that level of comedy drama that, in a way, I think a lot of movies don't. But I do think everything that happens on the show has the mathematical precision of Netflix. There is a way to design a show to kind of hit that 10 episode runtime. Here's here's the secret ingredient. And, and, and a friend of the show, um, uh, James Hancock, had mentioned this in one of his reviews of Cobra Kai on his YouTube channel, Geek. And he said that um, they did not spare any expense in terms of uh, staging the karate. And this was the difference between the karate of our youth uh, and different, you know, physical action in our youth and the stuff today is that the audience demands more because people have seen a lot more. So the fact is that they've cast actors who could do the job and they put in a lot of stunt coordinators who were able to stage pretty dazzling karate tournaments. It adds into the story and it also becomes a narrative of watching. You know, you're building a character through the fighting. And the first Karate Kid did that too. But I think it's even more here. It's even stronger. There is an atmosphere where people are into the whole combat sports thing. And this... Uh, you know, was able to dip in a number of different bowls to get comedy, drama, action, uh, you know, all in something recognizable. It doesn't feel so far away from you. I'm Miguel. My family and I just moved into 109. Great. More immigrants. Actually, we're from Riverside. But anyways, I was just wondering if you were having trouble with your water pressure, because I know our is being a little weird right now. And, oh, bottle's going the blue bins. Listen, Menudo, I've lived in this shit all for over 10 years. Pipes don't work, the fountain's full of piss, and the only good thing about being here is I don't have to talk to anybody. So nice knowing you. Would you have liked, so you said you watched, what, four episodes and you're done. Do you think you'd make it to five episodes if you were a younger man now? Let's say you, you weren't familiar with the original Karate Kid, or you related more to the Manuels and Robbies and Sams and Tories and, and Hawks. Hawks a funny character, not very realistic, but... I like him anyway. Yeah, he's a good kid. Um, yeah, well, he's not. That's the whole point. Well, I mean, uh, I'm saying good actor. Would Would this show appeal more to you if you were a younger man? I don't think so. I mean, I, I again, another another preface. I keep prefacing things today, but I, watching people strike each other in the original Karate Kid, it was like righteous violence. You know, Danny had to strike back and defend himself because he was getting beat up by those you know blonde idiots in skeleton costumes. You know, he had literally had to defend himself. The whole idea of watching some sort of teenage drama play out. I don't need to watch teenagers. And I understand they, they keep feeding us teenagers. Netflix loves this. I mean, either Netflix keep is feeding us teenagers. Netflix is either the Netflix thing is either really, really weird, dramatic, strange shit from like the UK and or teenage shows. Uh, things like that, that Lana Condor movie we watched, the To All the Boys I Loved Before. You know, it's it's schizophrenic in that they're giving you two, you know, two different audiences and they're just you know, making a sliver of entertainment for each. To me, there's, there's even when I was a teenager, there's nothing interesting about watching other teenagers do teenage things. It's, it's, I just never <laughs> felt like their experience. They're not t showing me anything about my world that I was living in. I didn't re re relate to the problems that they had. None of those things mattered. Um, 
you know, but this show isn't strictly about that. The strictly this show was also about the whole Johnny thing and and the whole Daniel Larusa thing and the karate. Yeah, I thing. think I would have liked this uh, possibly even more than I like it now because that fantasy of fighting back was pretty potent for me as a kid. Part of the reason I like superheroes so much, I liked to imagine the black and white world of good guys are good guys, bad guys are bad guys, and you solve the problem by punching the bad guy in the nose. You know, I think that's a very, I mean, extremely common fantasy. And I think part of the problem, part of the reason the U.S. is in the shitty problem it is now is that too many adults have bought into that. That's part of the lie that Donald Trump feeds people. You you take, how do we deal with drug abuse? Death penalty for drug dealers. Like that's really going to solve the problem. The bad guy is nothing but bad. You beat him up, problem solved. And I bought into that more as a kid. And now I'm older, I see more shades of gray. And that's what I appreciate about the show. But if I were younger now, I think I would have a more black and white view than I did when I was in my 20s. Because as you said, entertainment has embraced that more in general. I was always your your liberal commie, egghead, communist, all that kind of thing. But I held police officers in extremely high regard. I mean, I still hold them in some high regard, some of them, but let's not get into that. The point is, the world is quite obviously more a gray area place, at least the world I live in. So I think I'd really appreciate that about this. So yeah, I think as much as I like it, I would like it. Also, I think I'd be fooled into thinking it was, as much as I love it, I say it's not, you know, super high quality. It's not Mad Men level, but I think I might even argue that if I were in my 20s now. Are you sure you're ready? Once you go down this path, there's no turning back. You're gonna be my karate teacher? No. I'm gonna be your sensei. Noah, tell me about the apocalypse. Do you think there's any element of its incursion because of this show? I mean, the only thing I can think of, the reason it might be, is because everything is nostalgia and it'll be an endless infinity loop, like the past doubling up, flipping over onto itself over and over again. A Mobius strip, yeah. Right. But on the other hand, as we said, maybe this is a corrective to that trend because, all right, we get you in with the nostalgia, but once you're in, we take the time to introduce something new. The new characters, the new situations, making it more of a gray area. I mean, if this show had just been Daniel and Johnny encounter each other again 35 years later, Johnny's still an asshole, Daniel kicks his ass again. Or even flip it, now Daniel's an asshole, Johnny kiss his ass. But they really take the time to make it, give us more than that. So you could even argue that this is a corrective to the lazy nostalgia trend. I was going to say, St- Stallone had this tendency. Stallone you know, brought Rambo and Rocky out of the mothballs and continued to play them uh, with these installments. I'm not talking about Creed, I'm talking about him playing Rocky Balboa. And uh, he was only interested in thrashing out the things again that made him feel like he was somehow co- like, oh, this was my greatest shot ever. So I'm going to keep doing this. And he didn't go through the trouble of adding new wrinkles to the storytelling. He more or less well, decided... I Creed did. Creed well, Creed did. But I'm talking about in his Rocky movies, in Rocky Balboa, the movie he yeah, put out, must have been around great. six or seven years ago. Uh, that was Longer this, than that. I, I didn't see it. I wouldn't see those things. It's like, yeah, that's, It was okay. It wasn't good. It was okay. Yeah, I thought he gave Rocky... I mean, look, Rocky always had vulnerability, which is partly what you loved about him. There are other ways to do it. Yeah, Creed was obviously better. I'm just saying there are other ways yeah. to do it than thrash this shit out again. I, yeah, I, look, this is, this is not a bad show and it, it existing does not profane anything about tv and or netflix it doesn't reflect poorly on the people who made it again you give a lot of credit to those um the harold and kumar guys herwitz and schlossberg and this new guy josh healed i mean i really like those harold and kumar movies i like their sensibility i don't smoke i don't smoke dope but it's i like, like the first one i thought the 
second one. Second was not, not as strong, but I think that the chemistry they found, yeah, whatever it is, I can go on and on about those movies. There's something very distinctive about the fact that they went with non-white leads and they just made a very traditional movie out of it, but it was still felt like it was fresh for the early 2000s. And that, I thought that I thought that was great. So I, I had wondered where these guys had been. And this makes sense that, they, you know, this this is the kind of project I could see that has their imprimatur on it. That's really nice. And, but yet it's different. No, there's nothing apocalyptic about it, but I am really frustrated by the fact that they're... We can't do something unless it's pegged to an earlier IP. Were that only the problem, I'd have a less of an issue with it. But the fact is that what that means is that something won't get made because this will. There's two men enter, one man leave. You only have the spot for so much stuff, and they're always going to give it to, you know, Riptide. The remake of Riptide with Neil, Riptide. Neil Patrick Harris, right? Really? <laughs> I'm just saying it. But the fact that I, I'm pulling these concepts out of my ass, and you're yes. sitting here asking me, are they really making that? It's like, well, you believe they could. They totally yeah. could. They could remake yeah. Simon and Simon today and it's like why would they not do that because what's left and it's like oh no we put two actors you we know it'll, it'll be fucking uh, Scott Can and somebody else will do the other Simon and that'll be great you know and send it out we don't even know who Scott Can is but I've heard that name yeah he must be big because people are putting we, we lost out on Chris Pine he's already but let's get a TV guy in here to do this I found his weakness sensei it's his shoulder look I know we want to win but it's got to be the right way we don't have to fight dirty dirty there's nothing dirty about winning, Sensei. You taught me that. Don't worry. I got this. Anything about the show that makes you jealous? No, I, I either as a person who wanted to be in entertainment or somebody who is left out of a trend, um, it's not the ability to create a show like this or even to get bite into, you know, Danny LaRusso's hero journey. There is very little of this which is going to inspire jealousy. And I guess that's kind of, again, I'm describing... I'm not I'm not really activated by this. It's not it doesn't really stimulate anything, which is why I can watch the show and feel kind of dispassionate about it, but also recognize the things that it does really well and the stuff I don't really care for. If I had watched those four episodes and I'd felt more of like, oh, I, I want to close this deal. I want to see what this is like. This would have left a bigger mark. So here's what I'm jealous of. And I was jealous of the original Crowdy Kid movie like this too, but more so now. I spent a year and a half, about 15 years ago, uh, studying Taekwondo. And... I got to Purple Belt, but this was a school where if you show up for class and you pay whatever, you, you get graduated to the next level. So, you know, Purple Belt. I could still not fight anyone. These kids are like studying karate for like three months and they're winning these tournaments. Yeah. And they're having these like Hollywood style fights. No fucking way. I'd always kind of wanted to kick ass, right? And then I remember this. I had just turned, I was just turned 30, almost 30. A girl I was really into canceled our first date. And I remember that feeling like, such a loser and the next morning i went and took a sample taekwondo class and it put me on the track of yeah, purple belt it's true you know after a year and a half i got tired of it so yeah i just i don't know it just seems their progress is a little too fast i'm jealous of that but yeah. whatever it's uh no let me ask you something about our our felonian scale re our felonian scale uh where do you think this thing would fall i was watching some jimmy fallon clips the other day because I'm, I'm working on a quiz all about snl man he's so bad he's really bad He's so unprofessional laughing in all those sketches. He it's has, so, and he, he doesn't even, like, sometimes in SNL when someone laughs, it's funny. You know, get it? But, like, he's not even trying to be professional about it. He fucking sucks. Still not anyway, professional today. So I compare it to other TV shows, like my favorite TV shows. And the formula I came up with is this is four-ninths of a black mirror, more accurately, five-elevenths of a key and peel. Does that sound about right? <laughs> yeah, other than you're, you're baffling my ability to figure out fractions. I, th I do think I understand right. what you're going with here. Yeah. 
Well, I, I mean, I don't know. Maybe I'm maybe I'm undercutting him because I really like. Unlike you, I'm excited for the third season. I want to watch it. I'm there. You know. Yeah. I just don't think it is like as nutritive as quality TV is. is no, it? no. So I, you, I, I, you didn't I, like yeah. Black Mirror, right? No, I did. Black, I liked Black Mirror. I did. It wasn't uniform. Was Black Mirror was a show that went vastly up and down like a sine yes, curve. But did. I would, uh, based on the stuff we've looked at, I mentioned Thirteen Reasons Why. And I almost think that this, there's so much about this, which is, is oh, this is so much better than Thirteen Reasons. Maybe why. so, maybe so. But oh, I, I think that in terms of the appearance, the pace, the, the home of Netflix, uh, the setting of California, the kind of that, that that cast, that polyglot, handsome, attractive person casting. Some of those actors look like they could have walked from one show to the next. I mean, I, I'm a I'm a stickler for casting, and I mean, I'll say that this show has a couple of uh, lethal weapons that it maybe doesn't get credit for in terms of that kid. Was it Sholo? Sholo? Zolo? Maradwena? I think it's pronounced Sholo. Sholo. Yeah, he he is X O L O. He's different than most other actors I've seen of his age, and he's only like 19 now, which means I think he was 17 when they were shooting the first season. So I mean, that that kid was impressive, but most shows don't really have a young actor like that who quite literally from the first episode from the first moment you see him to the 10th episode of that season it looks like two different actors and only because of the way he's carrying himself only the way somebody acts that's pretty impressive but I would say it averages out to about the same uh, 13 Reasons Why and and I think I put that somewhere in the middle and I would put this there too again you know, it's 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 essentially the same kind of show. Netflix has many such series as 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 this, and even Thirteen Reasons Why, and they've they've all been kind of buzzy to some degree. And and I'm I was a little surprised. We've only really talked about this and another one. We have not really just sort of gone completely crazy on Netflix shows, considering that there's so many of them and that they're so kind of buzzy. And you mentioned Glow. We never did talk about Glow. Oh, Glow is so. You know, maybe, maybe the moment's gone now because they might not make. Yeah. I mean, I could I could see them pulling Glow of the mothballs when all this shit's over in three years they could say like okay now it's time to bring this back people want more of it and the actors will be into it and so I could see them giving Glow a second life a season three or four I don't know what it was up to I think I think three it would be so I believe that takes us to the end of our episode there you go so you're not going to watch season you're not going to you haven't even finished you haven't I've, even started season two I will not and I have so much so I'm, I'm missing I'm out backed up on missing movies out. to see you maybe maybe missing out I, I want to see Terry Silver the villain in Karate Kid 3 I want to see him come back uh-huh. I want to see how he fits in could happen it could I'm happen. very excited I hope they get Hillary Swank and Elizabeth Shue and I hope they cast uh, Pat Morita's uh, son as his as in flashback scenes. I, I hope they go to Japan and we see Chosen and whatever the girl's name was and Saito. I want every character from all the Karate Kid movies. I hope they dig up Peter Cetera, have him sing a new song. <laughs> I want it all. The, the nostalgia is pretty, like, I, very clear scene of Karate Kid 1 where they play Cruel Summer by Bananarama. And in, there's an episode where, like, there's a modern cover of Cruel Summer by Bananarama. Yeah. I mean... They're leaning hard into that crap, but Good. whatever, you know, they, they, they make it work. So if you'd like to find past episodes of our show, look on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, Google Play and Stitcher. Tweet to us at Noah and Bill Show. Write to us, Noah and Bill Don't Get It, at gmail.com. Go on Apple Podcasts and give us a review. People will find uh, more podcasts based on it that way. Uh, next episode is our 150th we're getting there we are hitting these yeah, big big broad numbers so um come celebrate with us i am on twitter if you want to congratulate me 
I am on Twitter at William Scurry. Uh, my video content is on YouTube.com slash AMCaesar. Now Noah will go all about stuff that he's talking about. I'm all about the Big Quiz Thing, BigQuizThing.com, America's premier provider of corporate and private trivia events. Lots of fundraisers. Now is the season. Uh, available for your events anywhere and everywhere. The finest quiz masters in the business nationwide. BigQuizThing.com. Occasional public events as well. I'm mainly posting those on Facebook. Thank you. Until next week, we, we don't, don't get, get it. it. A production of American Caesar Enterprises 2020.